It is the anniversary of the 22nd Amendment. And there are two hot-button topics that come up, or questions that, you know, are asked that we're posing to our listeners today uh, with this anniversary of the 22nd Amendment. But let's talk about first what it is. The 22nd Amendment brought the idea of term limits into the Constitution. It was ratified in 1951. The amendment limited a president from effectively serving a third term by saying that a president who won two elections cannot run for a third time. The 22nd Amendment also bars a president from serving more than 10 years in office in a case of a president who assumed office as vice president. So, for example, Vice President Gerald Ford took over for President Richard Nixon in 1974 and served more than two years as president. If Ford had defeated Jimmy Carter in the 76th presidential election, he could not have run for re-election. And before, long before the 22nd Amendment, George Washington set an unofficial precedent in 1796 when he decided several months before the election not to seek a third term. But Alexander Hamilton and many founders wanted a strong executive, and they opposed term limits as a concept. Thomas Jefferson and an equally influential group of founders supported term limits for the president. The only person to break from the precedent in Washington was President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He had a record-setting four election wins. And before he ran for re-election in 1940, most presidents didn't try for a third term in office, let alone a third consecutive term. Now, Roosevelt's distant cousin, Theodore, came the closest to breaking that precedent, and that was in 1912. He ran for president a second time. He succeeded President William McKinley in 1901. He served about seven and a half years in the White House, and he passed on running for a third consecutive term in 1908, fully aware of that Washington precedent. But after a fallout with President William Howard Taft, Roosevelt sought a third non-consecutive term in the 1912 presidential election. He lost that election, but he came in second, ahead of Taft. Woodrow Wilson and Harry Truman briefly considered seeking a third term when they were presidents, but they ended up passing on that idea. After Franklin Delano Roosevelt died in 1945, momentum built for a presidential term limit amendment. And then in 1947, Congress passed it, and it was ratified by the states, all 50, in 1951. Now, since then, several members of Congress have actually introduced bills to repeal that 22nd Amendment, the latest offered by Representative Jose Serrano on January 4th, 2013. He offered the same bill since 1997 during the presidencies of Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama, the bills were tabled each time. Representative Steny Hoyer offered similar bills in the past, and current Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell sponsored a similar bill in 1995, by the way, during the Clinton administration. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird that McConnell would have wanted Clinton for another term, but hey, the economy was good, and we were at peace. Uh, Barney Frank and Jerry Nadler also presented anti-22nd Amendment uh, bills in uh, the past. Uh, by the way, Brad, why did Mitch McConnell, a Republican and Senate Majority Leader now, sponsor a similar bill in 95 and do it during the Clinton administration? Was it for a future, uh, for you know, to try, if a Republican got back in, to have them in uh, longer? Or did he really want Clinton in longer than the two terms? Uh, no, he did not. 
uh, specifically want Bill Clinton to hang around any longer than Bill Clinton did. And actually, in that circumstance, uh, the issue was that uh, if voters why stop voters from electing a president for a third time if that's who they want to elect? And that was that was the reasoning. Uh, by if the way, for, elect, for, for me, you know, when people talk about term limits, honestly, whether it's a president, a House, rep, a house representative, um, or a uh, senator, you know, I, I feel it should be up to the American. I feel that a vote is a term limit. I'm not in favor of term limits, which does well, not make a lot of people happy. Uh, if you want to limit the term of a president, you cannot vote for him when he runs for re-election. Do you think that uh, we do, do? You think that we run the risk of having a dictatorship, or you know, a king, so to speak, if somebody you know got into office and stayed there for you know ten or twenty years? Well, that's obviously the concern. Uh, that's actually one of the reasons uh, why we have the Twenty-Second Amendment. It was a sense that you know. President is in power too long, he's going to become more and more powerful and more and more of a dictator as opposed to an elected president. So that very much was the concern. But again, it's, I think the voters should be allowed to make that judgment. If they wanted uh, Ronald Reagan to thir- say uh, serve a third term, uh, I think the voters should have had an opportunity to decide that themselves. Uh, and the same thing for Bill Clinton. Now the same thing for Barack Obama. Uh, the voters have term limits. It's called a vote. And I don't know why we take the power out of the hands of people and put it uh, in the Constitution. It doesn't make any sense to me. Why do you, do you think that people are basically saying have term limits on a president or any other office? Have term limits because we're too stupid to <laughs> not vote for the incumbent? I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is, Leslie. Uh, that's the reasoning. Uh, the voters are too stupid to make their own decisions, so let's make it for them. Yep, uh, absolutely. We're going to be taking some calls shortly, but let's uh, share a little bit more. Um, about uh, this issue. Um, there was no interest among legislators in pursuing a second, a 22nd Amendment repeal. Uh, probably most people are happy with term limits for the president. And the odds of getting 38 states to ratify an amendment would be very, very steep. But the issue of term limits for Congress is a different matter. In a Gallup poll two years ago in January 2013, about 75% of Americans polled favored limiting terms for congressional members. Gallup said when the same question was asked in 94 and 96, between two-thirds and three-quarters of Americans favored a constitutional amendment to limit congressional terms. And in the 2013 poll, there was more support for congressional term limits, 75%, than ending the Electoral College. That was 60%, which I also favor. Uh, And then there is the issue of term limits for judges appointed under the conditions of the Constitution's Article 3, including Supreme Court justices. These non-elected officials serve as long as they exhibit good behavior, can only be removed from office under the Constitution's impeachment process. The frequent debate over term limits for the Supreme Court centers on the need for an independent judiciary versus even closer ties between justices and the presidents who appoint them. Well, let's let's, uh, put out uh, some questions to our great listening audience here. One, should a president be restricted to two terms or should people be able to vote for them as many a president as many times as they want 8886 leslie 8886537543 are there any presidents you could envision america voting for for a third time or more fdr was the only president to serve more than true terms he was actually elected to the presidency 
for four terms. Uh, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And part of the reason for that, though, Brad, historically, was Americans were afraid of having somebody new and switching uh, the regime, if you will, when we were at war, correct? Oh, yeah, that was very much the case when uh, FDR announced he was going to run for a third term. There were a lot of people who thought it was a real bad idea. But when push to shove, people, the Americans knew this was 1940, and Americans were smart enough to know there's a war coming on. We're back on Leslie Marshall. He's Brad Bannon. Brad, ready to take some calls, my friend. Okay. Let's do it. 8886-LESLIE is our number, 888-653-7543. Bruce is in California on line four. Hey, Bruce, good afternoon. Happy Friday. What's your take on this? Hi, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining um, me. Very interesting questions that you guys are posing. Um, you know, I guess it's a kind of a three-part question. Uh, I'll try not to be too verbose. Um, as far as the president, you know, if I could, uh, if I could, you know, see somebody going for a, for a, for a third term, you know, I, I wouldn't have a problem with Obama, you know. And the thing is, I think term limits work for presidents. Um, now, as far as, let's say, Congress is concerned, um, you know, initially, um, you know, being a congressman or a senator was initially thought of as being a citizen's duty, and it's turned into basically um, a profession. In other words, you know, people were expected to, you know, run for Congress, uh, you know, serve a few terms, and then vacate the seat and allow another individual to, to take over. And now we have individuals who basically have been in Congress for 30 years or more you know, who are still serving in Congress. And, you know, they're beholden um, not only to the you know, citizens of the, the, of the country, but also to financial interests as well. So and if you look at other external forces, such as Citizens United, and where, you know, um, technically, you know, corporations are now individuals, I think term limits, you know, could play a role and should play a role in determining that uh, how long, you know, an individual stays in Congress. It's, um, I think it's important that we be able to clean house every once in a while. And sometimes, you know what, given, given the size of somebody's war chest, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how individuals vote sometimes you know who are, who runs the better campaign or has the better commercial yeah and, and mitch about, mcconnell and, 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 and yeah mitch mcconnell 30 years career politician let's look in the, ba- uh, the past uh, strom thurman brad please weigh in well uh there was very active consideration back in the 1990s of term limits for uh for congress in fact uh in the 1994 congressional midterm campaign, uh, part uh, when the Republicans took over control of the House under Newt Gingrich, term limits for congressmen was one of the things on the contract for America, which the Republicans uh, planned to adopt. But when they actually took control of the House in 1995, term limits all of a sudden didn't seem such a great idea for the huh. Republicans because they would be the ones eliminated. So Gingrich dropped the term limit pledge uh, from the contract of America. You know, I, this is a tough one. You know, 
Bruce is right about one thing. Incumbents have an overwhelming advantage when they run for election. They usually spend a lot more money. They have a lot more visibility. Uh, but, you know, I still come down on the fact that if they're a bad member of Congress, the, the voters in a congressional district shouldn't vote for them again. I mean, you know, again, I'll go back to what we said before. We have effectively a two-year term limit in Congress because every two years a member of the House of Representatives has to get the support of a majority of his constituents. And if he doesn't, he's out on the street and becomes a lobbyist the next day. And so, you know, I mean, to me, you shouldn't put all the blame on Congress. You should put the people... Uh, who vote or don't vote for Congress, uh, some of the blame on them, because that's the why, that's the why you know, somebody like, uh, uh, oh, God, there are all sorts of examples of members of Congress being in there for 30 years or more, but that's only because their constituents keep voting for them. And, you know, it seems to me by having term limits, you're essentially telling the voters, well, you're not smart enough to figure this out for yourself, but your incumbent who's been here in 20 years uh, isn't good for you, so we're not going to let you to vote, vote for him. I understand the reasoning for term limits, but when a push comes to shove, I still come down on the fact that vote, we, vote, we have term, term limits in the form of two-year uh, campaigns, two years, and elections every two years for incumbent members of the House of Representatives. Okay, anything else, Bruce? May I just add one thing? Um, sure. As far as federal judges are concerned, especially the, the Supreme Court, I would definitely oppose term limits. I mean, basically, for federal judges anyway, we certainly don't want them getting mixed up in political campaigns and so on and so forth. They would be beholden, they would, you know, forced to be beholden to um, certain lobbyist groups and so on and so forth in an attempt to raise money. And um, we, we want to keep those individuals focused on their jobs as impartial magistrates. Very good points. Thank you, Bruce, and appreciate your call. Have a great weekend. We're going to take a break. When we come back, if you're holding, hang on. We are going to get to your calls. I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Brad Bannon. Who are you? What's your take on this? Should the president be allowed to serve more than two consecutive terms or two terms non-consecutively? 22nd Amendment prohibits that. Should that be changed in your opinion? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And what about congressional term limits? Or don't we already have the power of that with our vote. Nothing in the Constitution prohibits somebody from having 30 years like Mitch McConnell. And what about the Supreme Court? And we're back. I'm Leslie Marshall, originally from Boston, Massachusetts, talking to Brad Bannon in the Boston area here on this Friday. Brad, did you know that Megan Trainer is from Nantucket and she's 20 No, I didn't know that. Yeah, she was 19 when she... Uh, Recorded and she wrote and recorded that song. And I uh, have no idea. I, yeah, no, twenty when that. it was released. Yeah, she's from Nantucket. Not many people there. <laughs> no, but, the but people are quality people. Uh, yes, yes, they are. Yes, they are. Of course, Massachusetts. Uh, I have a news bulletin. If you don't mind me. Uh, uh, yes, actually, we were going to share some breaking news, but I will let you do it. Uh, yes, the House, uh, the House of Representatives just voted against uh, Speaker Boehner's three-week compromise. Uh, so as of now, uh, the Department of Homeland Security does not have funding, uh, and if it doesn't have funding in the next six hours and 30 minutes, uh, they're not going to be able to spend any money at all. So what? 
yeah, the Speaker's compromise got defeated because a lot of Republicans voted against the Speaker. Idiot. You know what? This was one expected, and two does what now? It forces Boehner to have to do, like you said, the 11.59 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, we'll, you know, we'll approve what the Senate has passed over, which is a clean bill. Or, you know, it, it, there's a shutdown. If there's a shutdown, though, let's be honest, it's not going to be, um, you know, like they said, the sh- it, you know, the world isn't going to blow up, or America's not going to blow. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, according to the estimates I've seen, 85% of the employees of the Department of Homeland Security, including the border guards and the screeners airports, will stay on duty. They won't get paid, uh, but they will stay on duty. Uh, but the reality is this is no way to run an important federal a security agency, you know, start, stop, start, start. And, you know, the right now, what the House just voted down was Boehner's compromise. And I don't know what he does now because that was his compromise. Well, what does this offer. say? Does this, again, point to lack of leadership or, you know, and uh, does, does this, again, you know, point to Republicans are more to the right in the House than of the Senate and also more to the right even of the Speaker? Well, yeah, I mean, both things, really. This is clearly a lack of leadership on Boehner's part. To be an effective, at the very least, the Speaker has to control his own party's caucus. And the vote they just took showed that Boehner has no control over his caucus, and he can't be an effective Speaker unless he can control his own caucus. And he has demonstrated time and time again that he can't do that. Well, this is why we need term limits, and that's what we're talking about. Should the president be allowed to have a third term, and should congressional members have a constant? Should we have in the constitutional amendment added to the twenty-second or an additional amendment that there should be term limits? And don't you have the power to limit one's term? And why don't we do it? All of us were guilty of voting again and again for the incumbents. Why that's for incumbents? And why do you have somebody like Mitch McConnell for thirty years? Right? Eight 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 six Leslie. Eight 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 six five three seven five four three. And why? Does the Supreme Court have tenured positions, and should they? Your take, 8886-LESLIE. Stephen, Illinois, you were up next, but you left us, so give us a buzz back. Let's go to, oh, and Robert in New Mexico, you left us. Give us a buzz back. Got to be patient. So now we go to John in New Mexico. Line, oh, and John, and John in New Mexico. Dropped. Oh, my God, how impatient all of you men are. Seriously. God. You know, this is why men don't get laid as much as they want. Seriously, it's patience. <laughs> Michael in the Bronx, line five, a little sidebar there. Happy Friday. Hey, Michael, good afternoon. This is why men don't get laid as much? Yes, impatience. Impatience. Uh, well, hey, that's that's out of New Mexico unless they got um, unless they got a signal problem. I don't know, but I'm here. Well, we're glad to have you. What do you think? Well. Uh, first off, Leslie, you made a slight error that I need to bring to your attention in regards to Gerald Ford. He took over in 1974, but I recall the um, presidential election was in 76, and that's when Jimmy Carter had No, won. no, no, you're misunderstanding. Because he served two years after the impeachment of Nixon, you can't right. serve 10 years. So if you have 8 plus serve. 2 is 10, understand he couldn't go for the second term because that would put him at the 10-year mark, which is not, which is against the 22nd Amendment of the Constitution. If, there were, if, if a term is four years, right, two terms is eight years, and then he, And if you've served two, that would be 10. If you served two years in replacement of Nixon, that would have um, even out to 10 years, right? 
you can't serve 10 years. That's what I said. It, it, oh, the Constitution a, says a president can't serve 10 years. Right. So because the, the you can't serve 10 years, so the that's oh, how that's how you understand. Yeah, he can't go beyond. So in other words, years. in other words, hey, if a president dies, your vice president, you serve a year, you then can serve two terms, but you can't serve two years because that would bring it to 10, which is against the. Oh, two, okay. See, so now I that we have the math mean. class, and eight plus two is 10, so and we've established sorry. that. What's your opinion on this? My opinion, uh, yes. How should I say this? Either we should strip the um, term limits of president, and I can see Barack Obama making an excellent third-term president, or, or, as you said, there should be term limits on, let's say, the Supreme Court or some of the other federal judges. There are some... And even the people in Congress. I mean, we know full well that there are Republicans in Congress that are still trying to continue the Bush-Cheney mantra. And that's why it gets especially scary with the idea of Jeb Bush this time trying to run. And what the hell's going to happen? He's going to try to continue the Bush-Cheney dynasty and agenda? I mean, these Republicans in Congress have been blocking President Obama for the longest time, and now we're going on like six, going towards the seventh year of President Obama in office. You know, I don't like what the devil is going on. But if people want to strip term limits, then I would say we should have special committees to oversee the justices like um, Scalia and um, Roberts and all these other uh, right-wing justices and judges that were appointed by Bush, Cheney, and the top 1% um, mantras. Because the, the thing is that I want each and every one of these people that do not follow the law, who do not follow the Constitution, want to legislate and politicize from the bench and always favor the right-wing top 1% and screw the 99%. Get the hell off the bench if you cannot do your job. Get the hell out of office if you cannot do your job. We voted. You turned around and sold us your proposals to get our votes, and then we see in the end that you BS us. No, I ain't standing for it. So we should turn around and automatically scrutinize these people that even think of trying to cross um, to try to cross us. Well, uh, Michael. Uh uh, there's no denying that Congress is a god-awful mess. And just about 90% of Americans uh, would agree with what I just said. The problem is, I don't think term, uh, the, the, term, the long careers are the reason. The reason these members of the House get reelected time after time is for well, two reasons. One is money. They should limit the amount of money you can spend in congressional campaigns, and then you get a lot more turnover. And the second reason why these people get keep getting reelected and reelected is because their districts are drawn. Like most Republicans who serve in Congress come from districts that wouldn't even come close to electing a Democrat. And the same thing for Democrats. Uh, if you look at almost all the Democrats uh, serving in the House, they come from districts that are almost completely filled with Democratic voters. So what you need to do, rather than stripping the right of vote away from people, is you should have some sort of nonpartisan commission uh, realign the congressional districts so there's an even fight in most of them. That and if you had that, idea. you'd get a lot of turnover.
Interesting. Let's take some more calls. Very good idea. Uh, or definitely something to uh, to uh, marinate on, as they say. Uh, let's go next to Dustin in New Mexico, line two. Dustin, good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. Glad to talk to you. And uh, glad I stuck on the phone. Uh, I was just wanting to point out that as much as I like our current president, I would kind of hesitate to remove any term limits because I was during the last election when Bush and them were still in the office, many Republicans were on the same side of saying, why can't we get rid of these term limits? And I would, I can't explain how fearful I would have been of another term of them. So we'd have to take the bad with the good if we were to remove those limits. Brad? Well, yeah, I think, you know, the Roosevelt uh, example is a is a good story. Uh, in 1940, when FDR ran for a term, he ran against uh, a businessman named Wendell Wilkie, who had never served in political office at all. And I think, and it was FDR barely won that election. And the reason he won is because voters knew war was coming, and they didn't want to hand over the reins of power to a guy who'd never been in politics at all. They wanted somebody they knew who they felt they could count on. And Wendy Wilkie, how, what kind of commander-in-chief would he be? Voters just didn't know, and they didn't want to take a chance on an unknown. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I... Again, I come down on the side. I don't think you take should. I disagree with the Twenty Second Amendment. I don't think you should take the right of people to vote for whoever they want away. Uh, there are other ways to deal with the problem. All right. Anything else, Dustin? Thank you. No, right. no. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great weekend, buddy, and thank you for listening to the show and for calling us. Richard in Santa Fe is next on line four. Richard, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, and thank you for uh, letting me be on my fifteen seconds of fame. <laughs> okay. Uh, first, I'd like to uh, request uh, the last count in the House ballot. Uh, uh, the vote. Uh, maybe the I don't know, but maybe the uh, maybe the producers can look that up. I don't know what the vote was. I yeah, we're getting that information for you right now. Okay, and uh, first, a comment from a 65-year-old man. For 45 years, I've been putting up with these guys. And every year, every decade, it gets worse. And I think it's abysmal and a disgrace. And uh, I'm hoping that you can explain to me what is the problem with the White House uh, immigration uh, proposal or or, uh, order. Well, actually, according to the Constitution, there is no problem. Uh, The Constitution, if you read Article 2, Section 1, gives the president the power to run the executive branch. And that's what just what President Obama did. He issued an order to the Department of Homeland Security. And the Supreme Court over the years has upheld the president's right uh, to take executive action because it's guaranteed in uh, Article 2, Section 1 of the Constitution. Well, that's uh, impressive and good news. Yeah, uh, I think so. And my last question would be, uh, his immigration reform was to not deport people? Yes, uh, yes. He, the order was not to deport people uh, who were not in this country legally, who had family, a family member who was actually an American citizen. And that applies uh-huh. to a lot of people because you have a lot of small kids who are born in the United States 
who are, by virtue uh, of their birthright, uh, American citizens, but the parents came in illegally. And so what was happening is they were deporting parents, uh, and the parents had to decide uh, whether they should take their kids with them back to the horrible place they came with or leave them with a relative or something in the United States so they could have a decent life. And, and, also, and, also, and also there are people slated to be deported who are working jobs, paying taxes, have never committed any crime. Some of them have been here uh, for decades or for generations even. And then, uh, you know, because obviously, in other words, you you don't want to throw out the bad guy, the good guys. You want to, you know, throw out the bad guys and you want to have a proper prioritization of the list of those who are uh, slated to be deported back to their home country. Yes, and I heard this morning on a show that, uh, immigrants who have people serving overseas in the service, uh, they're supposed to be protected also. Oh, and to answer your question, uh, the vote was 203 to 224. Most Democrats Ooh. and four dozen Republicans voted against this. Uh, the House rejected the short term, and the House the, the House rejected the short term measure to keep the agency funded through March 19th, as we just mentioned. Okay, and one more thing, and I'll let you go, and I hope you don't mind. Uh, Ron Reagan has a, a uh, uh, how do you say it, a group who is uh, bent on keeping church and state separate. Yes, that we, adverti- we advertise, uh, his organization advertises on our show, and we play his, uh, his ad uh, regarding yeah, his organization and what they're about. He's not afraid of burning in hell. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's a All great right. ad. <laughs> yeah, it is a it is a great ad. Okay, uh, thank you for the call. I'm Leslie Marshall on the West Coast. He's Brad Bannon on the East. It's chilly here, but I know it's chillier there, Brad. Uh, let's. It's uh, chilly here. <laughs> yeah, let's go back to the calls and go to New York on Line Five with Elise. Hi, Elise. Happy Friday. What's your take on this? Hi. Um, well, actually, I was on Twitter and I saw Leslie was tweeting about term limits, and I just wanted to voice my opinion, and I think Congress should have term limits like the president, but I think it's a very bad idea if you make term limits for the Supreme Court. Okay. Why? Well, for the Supreme Court, the whole idea about the Supreme Court is that they're not supposed to be beholden to anyone. That's why they don't have to run for office. That's why they're not beholden technically to a political party. Their only concern is the Constitution and the interpretation of the law. So if you create term limits or you create any kind of, you know, political overtone to what they do, then I think it takes away from their view of their view of the law or what their actual job is supposed to be. And I know that's a little naive since there is always politics and everything, but as we've seen over the generations, certain um, – Justices who've been put in by Democrats have been more conservative, and some put in by Republicans have been more liberal. So they tend to find their speed over time, and and cutting that off, I think, made would have actually deprived us of some really, really good um, laws and decisions that they've made. Brad. There's an interesting example of what Lise was talking about. She's absolutely right. Uh, when George, the first President Bush, was president, uh, he appointed a, uh, a justice named uh, Souter to the Supreme Court. And he appointed him because everybody who he talked to said that Souter was a reliable conservative. Mm-hmm. Now, when he actually got on the court, he voted 
he voted like the other liberal judges, and no one predicted that. No one knew. And so it does happen what Elise is saying, uh, and, you know, she's right, because uh, if you start – congressional campaigns are pretty ugly. I think most Americans agree on that. And what you're, if we had elected judges, uh, we would be essentially uh, having a lot more nasty campaigns, this time for Supreme Court justices. So, uh, And I, the judges should be impartial. They aren't always, but they should be. That was the theory. Right. But it's not even just, it's not even just that they run for office. It's let's, let's take a look at their age. If we say that they can't serve for more than 25 years or 30 years or we put an age limit, I'm I'm not a constitutional scholar, even though I enjoy constitutional law, but is my take on the history that many of our greatest decisions or things that have actually had national, real long-term national effect have been written by justices who were well over 60, 65 years old and maybe even into their 70s. I think that life and reality has a lot to do with perception and interpretation of law as well, and I wouldn't want to get rid of that part of you know, that perspective of law as well. Well, a good example of that, Elise, is in 1937, uh, FDR basically proposed uh, a constitutional amendment that would basically retire any judge over the 70, any Supreme Court justice over 70 years of age. And when he did it, the opposition was so violent, he had to back down because almost everybody, Democrats and Republicans alike, thought it was a bad idea to screw around with the Supreme Court. Exactly. And, and truthfully, in today's world where people are living longer, and just because it's, you're supposed to retire at 65 doesn't mean you're not a vital human being anymore. I think that the, the, better medicine, the more medicine becomes better and people have a longer longevity, um, people, people who age have, have a lot more to give to society, and I think that we should embrace that. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, last word, Brad, uh, a sentence or two. Well, I still get back to the old thing. We have term limits. It's called the vote. And in terms of the House of Representatives, you could change Congress without changing the Constitution by having impartial panels draw up congressional districts so they were even. And if you did that, you'd have incredible turnover in the House of Representatives every two years. All right, Brad, thank you.